You're listening to episode 66 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about how to conquer the candy bowl and other mindless eating. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right. So now that we are into October and the holidays are officially coming, fall is here. Fall decor, pumpkin spiced flavored everything is out. (laughs) And I'm sure you've noticed an abundance of candy, whether it's at a doctor's office or your office that you work at or elsewhere. I find it at the church office. You know, it's, it's like there can be candy everywhere, especially this time of year. And so I wanted to talk about how do we conquer the candy bowl and other mindless or autopilot eating? Because a lot of times that's what comes up for people when it's something like the candy bowl and they walk by and they grab a handful and it's like, oh, wait, grab some Hershey Kisses or I grab some jelly beans or I grab maybe it's the miniature candy bars. uh, Maybe it's a pack of M&Ms. So no matter what it is, I just want to talk about it from this place of it can feel like it's on autopilot. Like we don't notice it until we've already popped it in our mouth. It can feel mindless, like we're just not fully there and aware and present. And so that's the aspect that I want to address this from, because typically it's you're walking across the hall or you're walking to the bathroom or you're walking into an office and it's, oh, candy is there. And most of the time, it's going to be a very subtle permission giving thought. But what I want to bring awareness and empower you around is that there are thoughts and feelings that are driving your action to eat and to grab the candy. It might not feel like it. It might feel like it's on autopilot. It might feel very mindless. It might feel like you don't have a lot of control over it. But I want to start to bring this into perspective and show you what this maybe looks like because chances are you just aren't aware and you aren't thinking much about it. So just because candy is going to be out and it's going to be everywhere for the next couple of months, (laughs) let's be real, months, doesn't mean that either you need more willpower you're going to be tempted the whole time, or that you just need to resign yourself to not being in control, and you're just going to gain weight this time of year. It's just inevitable. You can't help it. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't want you to feel helpless and hopeless. I also don't want you to feel like you need massive willpower and you need to be on your guard and you've got to have all your defenses up because it's going to be really hard. It's going to be tough. No, we can be at peace with candy. And the way that we do that is to start to unpack what's really going on. There is always going to be a thought and a feeling that drives our action. So if the action is to take a piece of candy, whether it's one or a handful, doesn't matter. We want to focus on What are those thoughts and feelings driving the action to grab the candy? Now, a lot of times when it's something like candy or sweets, sometimes it might be a pastry, a donut, a muffin. Maybe it's something in the break room. Maybe it's chips and salsa. What we often have is high desire. The emotion that is driving you to reach for the food, especially when you're not hungry. Sometimes you are hungry, but to just grab it as if it's on autopilot or it's mindless is going to be desire. And usually that desire comes because we have thoughts about certain foods being good or bad. So if that food is bad or I shouldn't have it very much or it's, ooh, I'm being bad, if I eat it, 
that can increase the desire because we also have these thoughts around, I shouldn't have it. I should only have a little bit. I can have one or two, but not that much. So we have a lot of thoughts around that food that can increase the desire. But we also have other thoughts like, a little won't hurt. Or, oh, I haven't had that in a long time. Or, ooh, this sounds good. Or, ooh, you know what would make this even better? A lot of times it's not anything big or extreme. It's not like this deep, dark underbelly that we have to try and dissect from when our grandmother made a comment when we were eight years old. Sometimes it's as simple as, oh, yeah, I haven't had that in a long time. Or, oh, dark chocolate, that's my favorite. Or I don't get candy corns any other time of year and I don't have this often. It can be very subtle and very simple. What I want to point out here is that those are the thoughts we want to be looking for because our desire for the food, what makes it hard to say no and feel like we need willpower is when we have high desire and we feel conflicted and we are telling ourselves these permission-giving thoughts and excuses. Okay, because candy is never the problem. Just like cookies are never the problem. It's never the chips, the nuts, the pizza, the burgers, the fries. Like it's never the actual food that's the problem. It might feel like it. You might feel like if I just didn't see it, if I kept it out of sight, out of mind, if I just avoid it, then I'm not going to be tempted by it. But those thoughts will always be there. And you can cut candy out of your life for a certain amount of time, but inevitably it's going to show up somewhere. Right. You can choose not to keep it in the office. You can choose not to keep it in the house. You can choose how much interaction you have with it. But inevitably, it will show up somewhere and you want to feel in control and prepared. And that's one of my biggest things is I want all my clients to feel like they are in control around food, that they don't have to go running, hiding, screaming from it. There is an aspect of out of sight, out of mind that does work. But when we are obsessed with what we can and can't eat, when we have really high and strict food rules about what's okay, what we should and shouldn't eat, sometimes it's not going to matter that we put it out of sight because it will always be in mind. The problem is never the food. The problem is always that you eat it and then you beat yourself up afterwards. And a lot of times this is like, screw it. I already ruined my diet. I guess I'll just go back for more or might as well keep going today or It might sound like, dang it, why did you do that? You were doing so good and now you've ruined it. A lot of times it's this perfectionist thinking about one piece of candy or a handful of of something has now ruined your diet. It's ruined your no sugar policy. It's ruined your low carbness. And then we can often blame it on other people. If Becky just wouldn't have brought these pastries into the office, like damn her, doesn't she know that I'm trying to lose weight? How dare she? Or... If that receptionist just would not keep candy in the office, if she would just not keep it right on her desk, or if she would just not keep it in the lobby, things would be so much better. You might even be getting mad at your spouse or your kids. And and you might even think, oh, I need to get rid of their Halloween candy as quickly as possible so that I'm not tempted by it. Versus you now looking at, okay, how do I take responsibility for this and look at how I can change my relationship to the candy to where it does not matter whether it's there, I can take it or leave it. And I can have a little and I can be satisfied. That's what I think of when I think of moderation and truly being at peace and ease with food is you could have any food in the house and you feel in control. It doesn't feel tempting. It's not calling your name. You don't feel like you have to white knuckle and grit your teeth. You aren't constantly thinking about it because you're allowing yourself to have some. And that's the key. A lot of times we go into this white knuckling, gritting our teeth piece because we keep telling ourselves, I'm not allowed. I shouldn't. I'm bad. I'm really trying to lose weight. I can't eat this and lose weight. So we have a lot of rules and restrictions that fuel the desire. Okay. So what we want to do is instead of 
finding fault and blaming other people, blaming the food, blaming these other circumstances, we want to now take responsibility and look at, okay, how am I showing up? What's going on with me? Sometimes it might be you're stressed, you're frustrated. There's a a kind of an urgent feeling emotion where you're like, oh, I don't like this feeling. Food will make it better. Sometimes we get that way at the end of the night around alcohol of I'm stressed. I want to relax. I need to unwind. A beer will make me feel better. A glass of wine will help me relax. Sometimes it's I don't really know what to do. I'm feeling bored. Let me grab a snack. This is what I call procrastinating. And I'm not sure. I haven't quite coined the term yet. But sometimes we're like, oh, let me make this task better. And I'll make it better by having a cocktail. Or I'll make it better by having some chocolate. And we can have all of these thoughts. And so this is where we just want to start to look at, okay, there's emotional eating that comes from that aspect. There's also emotional eating that comes just because we have high desire around food. And so the way we want to approach this is twofold. Number one, we need to decrease the desire of food, period. We need to work on making it neutral. And so if you think about it, it's on a scale right now. And different foods are going to be a different level. Some foods are going to feel very high desire and some are going to feel medium. So if you've got a scale of 0 to 100, some might be at that like 90, 95, 100 level where they feel like there's a lot of desire for it. Other foods are going to be at that 50 level mark. Some might be at the 20 level mark. For some of us, asparagus. I'm not a huge fan of asparagus. That's a pretty low desire food. I am not very likely to binge or overeat on asparagus because in my mind, I'm like, eh, it's okay. It tastes all right. Every now and then I'm good for it, but it's not my favorite. My desire is very low. That's what we want to do in terms of where that emotional threshold is. And typically we can find our high desire foods by looking at our food rules. So the foods that we often consider bad, I shouldn't eat, only in very light moderation, that's where we're going to find our high desire foods. And that's what we want to start to decrease the desire. And so as we allow it and we plan it and we get intentional with it, that's going to be part of it. So that's part of the work is just creating more allowance and permission to eat the food, even though we might have trained ourselves to think that it's bad, whether it's bread, carbs, sugar or sweets. Sometimes it's cheese or wine or beer. There can be a variety of different foods that we put in there or drinks. So really looking at how do I bring down the desire and I allow it, which means that you plan it. You get really intentional with these are the foods that I like to eat. Here are the foods that I really love having and I like enjoying and I don't want to live without for the rest of my life. And you start to plan them. And it might be once or twice a week. It might be every day. I plan something sweet every single day. I am always allowing myself to have a cookie, a protein bar, some chocolate, ice cream. I try not to do all of that in one day. Can I plan one sweet and then decide, do I want to have it after lunch or after dinner? Sometimes I might decide, hey, I'm going to have two sweets today or I'm going to allow two. And then really being aware of when I have something sweet, do I also want to pair it with something salty? And we have that sweet salty combo. But planning it and giving yourself that permission is important. If there are multiple foods that you really enjoy, for me, it's cookies, chocolate, and ice cream. I'll usually rotate days. So it's like, all right, I'm going to have cookie today, ice cream tomorrow. Then the next day, maybe it'll be dark chocolate. And I'm going to eat what I like. It's got to be worth it. That's the thing is I'm not going to mess around with food that I don't like and just try to make it healthier. It has to be good. It has to be worth it. It has to be what I actually enjoy. And if I don't really enjoy it, then that's okay. I don't have to eat it. But don't try to pick like a healthier option and then you still end up wanting the thing that you are trying to avoid because you think it's bad and you can't eat it and lose weight. 
the reason why you haven't lost weight eating it in the past is because you've said screw it and you've thrown in the towel and you haven't gotten right back on track. You've binged on it. You've emotionally ate it. You were eating when you weren't hungry. You were beating yourself up afterwards and then it felt harder to get back on track, whether it was that day or the next week. That's what we want to be on the lookout for. Overall, we want to bring down desire of food, period. You can still enjoy your food. You can still have food that you love and that tastes good. We just want to bring down that desire by giving yourself permission. Because two prongs here, so that's one prong. The other one is looking at the desire of how we are increasing desire with our thoughts in the moment. This is where we have to stop telling ourselves that it's mindless. I do it on autopilot. I eat without thinking. You do have a thought. You have a thought and emotion that drives that action. Are you paying attention? That's always going to be the question. And I don't say this from a place of shame. I say this because you are holding yourself back. If you keep telling yourself that it's on autopilot, it's mindless, you can't control yourself, it's like you are tying your hands behind your back and then expecting yourself to swim. You can't. Or it's going to be extremely difficult because you're now going to try to tread water and like stay afloat just using your legs. We want to look at how can I be my best advocate, my best resource. So don't put yourself in a place of being hopeless or helpless that will never create positive action. We always want to look at how am I in control? If it is a thought, if it is an emotion, now we can start to clue in, okay, if, if that emotion is often going to be desire, that's wonderful because now we know, oh, hey, most of the time <laughs> the emotion is simply desire. Now all I have to do is look for which thoughts are high desire thoughts. What thoughts are really driving that desire? So it might be things like, I just want it. It tastes so good. I rarely have it. This is my favorite. It might even just be as simple as, ooh, that tastes good. Or, ooh, that looks good. Or, why oh, I haven't had that in a while. It might not be this very urgent feeling. It can sometimes feel subtle. That's okay. This is why it feels like it's mindless or on autopilot. Because it is subtle. So we want to start to listen for what are those high desire thoughts, and we want to start to create rebuttals for them and start to look at, okay, what is true And I just want it, or it tastes so good, or I haven't had this in a really long time. And so we want to give ourselves time to pause and then make a decision. And the decision, too, also comes with permission. So it's not pause and shame. It's not pause and, well, you should not be eating this. You're just going to gain weight. You're not going to hit your goals. We don't want to pause and then beat ourselves up. We want to pause and decide from a place of permission to say yes, even if you aren't truly hungry. There's always going to be permission. There's a couple of ways that you can handle this. I often recommend that you have something that you do while you are pausing. So it's great to pause for five to 10 minutes. Maybe you step away for 10 to 15 minutes and then decide if you're going to have it. So I'll do this a lot where I will go and walk the dogs. What we want to do is we want to give ourselves space to allow the urge to settle. You might decide that you want to take five deep breaths. So maybe you're going to pause, you're going to breathe deeply, and then you're going to decide from there. It might be that you pause and you count backwards from 90 and you decide, all right, this is going to take me a little bit of time just to get this cortisol to go through the body. And I can decide I'm going to breathe. I'm going to count backwards. And then I'm going to decide, do I want it? Yes or no? Do I like my reasons? You might decide, all right, ooh, that looks really good. I really want this. And then you'll decide, okay, can I wait 10 minutes? And if I still really want it, I, I can have it. 
but you wait 10 minutes and you do something else, right? Don't think that you can just go and clean a toilet or clean out your closet or do something that you've been putting off or that you've been procrastinating for a while. This needs to be, I go and read a book. I go and walk the dogs. I do a quick yoga video. So that's what we want to look at is, can I pause and take some time, take some time for me, and then I can decide if I want to have it or not. And I used to do this a lot, especially when I was pregnant, and I would pause and I would decide to go walk the dogs. And often while I was walking the dogs, I was already talking myself into, hey, you don't need this. You're feeling nauseous. (laughs) Something sweet is not going to help you with the nausea. It's not going to make you feel better. Or it might be like, hey, you're actually quite satisfied. You really, we don't need to eat. What we really need to do is honor our body and listen to our true satiety signals. And planning it the next day too. There's permission to plan it for tomorrow. There's permission to take a piece home for later. Okay, just because it's somebody's birthday doesn't mean that you have to eat cake right then and there, especially if you don't like cake. But when people come in and they're like, oh, this cake is amazing. Do you want some? No, I'm good. And somebody else is, oh my gosh, this cake is to die for. Are you sure you don't want a piece? That increases desire. So we want to look too at where we might be listening to other people. And it's not that they are creating the problem for you. It's that you are agreeing with them. You have this fear of missing out, which don't worry, we'll talk about again in a future episode here in a couple weeks. (laughs) But this idea of I don't want to miss out on this cake if it's really good. I might have to go all the way across town if I want to get it again. I might not ever get it again. We have this big fear of, oh, everybody else is saying that it's really good. So really just listen to yourself and decide, do you want it right then? Do you want it later? Or do you not want it at all? we pause and then we decide. Okay. So if you're going to say no, you're going to do it with praise and self-love. You're going to do it from a place of, I'm so proud of you for listening to your satiety signals and deciding that you're not hungry, that you don't really need this right now, that you're already satisfied. And we can plan this tomorrow or the next day. Or you can have this anytime this week or anytime this month because y'all, the candy bowl is not going anywhere. I know candy bowls, They're going to be there. Sometimes they are year-round in certain places, in certain offices. So there's praise of looking at, all right, here's why I'm doing this and doing it from a place of self-love, of really honoring what you said that you would do. Or for me, it might be, hey, I've already had my sweet for today, so I'm going to say no to this because I've already had my one sweet. I realize that I want more, but I'm truly not hungry. I know this is just an urge. I know that this will pass. I'm really feeling tired, right? Like really looking at and praising yourself for making certain decisions. And if you're going to say yes, say yes with compassion. Enjoy it. Sit down with it. Put it on a plate. Portion it out. This is where we give ourselves the allowance to say yes. We do it with compassion and we do it with full awareness. Eyes wide open. We do not eat behind our own backs anymore. We're going to stop telling ourselves that it's mindless, that it's a habit, that it tastes so good. We're going to stop blaming other people for why we're eating. We are now going to take that responsibility. And this is where I encourage clients to do what I call a discovery worksheet, where they start to discover what is really going on behind the scenes and below the surface. So this walks them through that process of asking them questions to do some self-coaching work to really see and evaluate What is it that I really wanted? What was going on in that moment? We assess and identify what's happening, thoughts, feelings, circumstances around you. That way they can get really clear on what's going on. And this is what helps you look for patterns. This is how we start to break it down. And it starts by not telling yourself that it's autopilot. 
that it happens without your control, that you just can't stop yourself, you just can't help yourself. That has to be the first switch that you flip in your mind in terms of really looking at how am I in control of this if I was to pay attention. And maybe for the first couple of times that this happens, maybe it's just, all right, you pause and then it's, what am I thinking? Well, I'm thinking this would taste really good. Great. (laughs) What else? A lot of times it is very simple. It's not this deep, dark secret. This is how you get through the holidays and you actually lose weight without having to hide the candy bowls, without blaming other people and making them responsible for what goes in your mouth. This is how we do it with ease. And this is how we do it any other time of year. The holidays are no different. We might have more food around. There may be more traditions of sweets or snacks or cheese or wine or champagne. Sometimes that is the case. That doesn't have to be a problem, though. We just have to look at our desire for it and how we're creating and increasing desire for ourselves in the moment and how to change that and how we are creating and increasing desire around food as a whole based on what we can and can't eat and what we're telling ourselves and how we're talking about food as a whole. This is what I mean when I say we've got to end the war with food. We've got to stop making food good or bad. We've got to stop moralizing food so that we can stop moralizing ourselves based on what we eat. That's how we do it. All right, y'all, you have the power. It's very easy to feel in control around food. We just have to clean up a couple of thoughts. I guarantee it's as simple as that. It's much simpler and much easier than we often think. But if you would like some help with this, if you would like help in really figuring out what are those permission-giving thoughts, how can you truly decrease the desire for food, whatever type of food it is that feels like it's your trigger food or the food that feels harder to control yourself around, if you'd some help with that, then I would love to chat. So you can schedule your free consult at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. Find a day and time on my calendar that works for you. And we'll walk through and really look at where are you now? Where do you want to be in six to 12 months? And how can you get there in a way that feels good, that feels fun, that allows you to eat the holiday foods, to partake in all of the traditions, to travel, to take the time off? giving yourself that permission to really allow this time of year to be what you want. Because your favorite things, your favorite foods, your favorite drinks, you don't have to sacrifice that for weight loss. You can have both together. There are going to be some roadblocks and some obstacles. And I'm going to help you see what those are. I'm going to show you what those obstacles truly look like because it's not the food. It's not the candy. It's not Becky who brought in those pastries. You now don't have to be dependent on anybody else. You are no longer at the mercy of anyone putting out candy, of anyone bringing in food to the office, of anyone gifting you food during the holidays. You are now not at the mercy of anybody else. It does not matter what they do. does not matter what they say, what they bring to you. You are 100% in control and you feel at peace and you feel at ease around food. All food, all the time. Even when you only have it during the holidays, even when it looks so good, even when you deserve it, even when it tastes amazing and everybody is telling you that, how do you keep the low desire? I'll show you how to make this easy and how to make it work for your lifestyle. You ready? Let's do it. I hope y'all had a great week. Savor the Holidays is coming November 3rd. It's a Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And this is all about how do we lose weight and enjoy the holidays without counting calories, points, macros, anything like that. And this is really going to teach you how to feel in control around all food so that you never miss out on your favorite holidays or events. You don't feel like you're missing out on the food and things that only come around once or twice a year. You'll learn how to feel at peace and at ease in your body. 
You'll learn how to lose weight without having to count, track, weigh, or measure your food so that it feels really normal. It's not something that we have to be obsessively thinking about or worrying about what you can and can't eat. And you can put your time and focus and energy into truly enjoying and savoring this time with friends, family, and all of the holiday events. Because that's the whole point of it. We can't spend three-fourths of the year taking certain actions that we then can't maintain and sustain throughout the end of the year, where we just gain all the weight back. It's time to create these long-term sustainable habits. I'm going to show you how to do both. How do we lose weight and enjoy the holidays at the same time? So that's what I'll be talking about and giving you some real practical tips on what does this look like day in and day out? How do we do this consistently? So if you haven't yet signed up, make sure you sign up and join me for that. Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.